I'm not able to think as clearly today after this weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as I was able to on the ride out here. Steen and I got into a crazy good conversation about technology and uh, the roads that that's taken us down. I think it's going to be very interesting in the next 10 years or so. For sure. Where we go. Steen's concern is with the up-and-coming generations, which is a concern. Yeah. Because they're going to be the first ones that have grown up with technology yeah, like that, like super advanced technology. Yeah, right. We have no idea what it's even doing to us. Yeah. Let alone to someone who's going to be completely engulfed in it. Yeah, but I think we all kind of know what it's doing. Well, sort of. I mean, we're figuring it out now. We talked well, about. Well, you can it, see but... the like the bad parts all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. The fact I can just like be on Instagram or something and see somebody get their head taken off. Mm -hmm. Or any child could see that. Yeah, right. It just controls what you see and what you think, though, too. Yeah, like we talked about on the way out here, I think social media is one of the parts of the internet and all that that we will eventually end up scrapping entirely. I don't see much benefits in the social media realm other than the ease of communication. Yeah. But again, like I was saying, I, I mean, there's a lot of people I'm assuming out there for how widespread social media is. I know there's a lot of people who only find out their daily satisfaction of their, you know, yeah. life's worth being on those right, things. But as I was saying, that's not sustainable. And so that will fizzle out. That's just how anything that's not sustainable does. I mean, but if something's not sustainable, it just doesn't sustain and then goes away. And so I, I, I'm sure that'll go away in time. That shallow, meaningless that people find from social medias. Yeah, but I don't know how easily it'll be, how easy it'll fade away, though, just because of how easy it is to shit on somebody without any repercussions. Like, if you are having a bad day, you can just go shit on someone for no reason to make yourself feel better. And there's yeah. no physical repercussions that's a fucking personal issue though well yeah if that's where you fucking go when you have a shitty day you have fucking your own fucking problem well, i'm not saying they're fucking good people they're do not that. good people like i don't know anybody who would do that yeah right that was another thing we we're getting into it's like well that's more so in, just in my people. fucking circle it doesn't seem like uh, in my environment i don't see that side of social media i really don't no but none of us. Like, are I don't really know. I don't know social. anyone that finds satisfaction from doing stuff like that. I literally don't know if I've ever met anyone who does. But you hear about it all the time. I don't know well, how. Yeah, but you know is. of people who just post on fucking Twitter and Instagram all the time just to get likes, shit. I don't. Well, it's here from small time. Yeah. So I don't really know anyone. I was going to say, that. I mean, I can look at pick me girls. Yeah. All the girls from high school and shit like that. At least some of them. I mean, like I said, I, I've been through stints where like when Instagram was a new thing, I'm like, I'd post on there and it'd feel good to see people liking it, stuff like that. So I'd post again, same thing, you know, do that for a little while, but. Like I said, it's not sustainable, so eventually just kind of fizzled out of my life. See, I just I never feel like understood. that'll happen on the large scale after a while. I just never understood posting shit. Yeah. Like why does it why would anybody care what the hell I'm doing? 
or like nobody cares about right. what I'm like. Right. Now, one benefit that I could see from it is it being like a scrapbook, a digital scrapbook, you know? That's more what mine is for the most part. Yeah, it's kind of cool, man. You can go back in your Instagram and you can like see the things that you've done. But I think on this trip, then you lose it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think on this trip, I used my Instagram twice. Mm -hmm. We were like brought up in conversation to show pictures of stuff. Yeah, right. Because then I'm like, like I could go through my photos, but I got like 10,000 of those. Yeah, right. So it's a lot easier to find it. Especially if you know that you posted on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell you last time I posted on my Instagram, but but if you if you view it in that way and use it as a tool to like store like wonderful memories like that, then that's a beneficial thing, I think. Yeah, and yeah, like I don't. I mean, I, the last time I posted was the golf tournament. Yeah, right. So that was a fun time. Was a <laughs> I was like, I just want to put some pictures out there. Yeah, it's right. Fun. Exactly. Or like okay. I might put some up from this weekend. Mm-hmm. I want to, like, uh. If you can view the medias in that way, that's when we start making those changes. Yeah. But I, I totally understand, especially with the younger generation, they just want the attention. Or they're mm-hmm. like, look at what I have, that sort of thing. Yeah. But really, yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where I could post things. Like, even, like, I see couples, like, for Valentine's Day, all the fucking stuff, people posting their significant other. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But at the same nah, time, I'm like, corny as hell. I'm like, <laughs> Becca didn't say a single thing. I'm not going to. It's like, we're just going to have a good time together. Together, yeah. So it's just like, it, we don't got to share that with yeah. everyone. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't care if people know that we're dating or not. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to know what's going on. At least for personal things like that. Right, exactly. I don't know, man. That shit will fizzle out after a while. You see it happen in everyone's lives as we get older with the people around us. I mean, by the time we're 30, I mean, we'll probably barely use any of that shit hardly yeah. ever. You get more responsibilities in life and there's little meaningless fucking likes and clicks aren't going to mean anything to, you know, being with your kid. Just wasting your time. All right. Granted, you see parents nowadays. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, granted, you see parents nowadays, like with my niece's gymnastics practice. Fucking buried in their phones, not even watching their kid practice gymnastics. Yeah, that's just sad. That is sad. Yeah, so when I played YMCA basketball, my mom would just have like a sticky note. Yeah. And that's how she'd keep track of my stats in yeah, the game. Right. So she would just have a sticky note that's and a so pencil. Dope. That's so dope. You don't see fucking people doing that. Now, obviously, I had to have like 1.8 rebounds and like five assists, but. <laughs> I was going to say, even even now, though, like when my mom or Dan go, Dan's never on his phone. He's always been that way, though. He doesn't even. It, my mom had to convince him to get an iPhone because he didn't want one. Right. Um, but like if they do have their phones out, it's either taking pictures of him. Or they're looking at the live stat sheet that one of the parents, he like has his computer and he's constantly updating it during the games and stuff too. That's sick. And like, that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's and I do, story. I have the app for it. So like when I go, I just log into it. I check it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what's going on. Right. That's honestly pretty sweet. Well, no, the best thing to do ever at a baseball game is keep book. That shit bangs. Yeah. Don't know if I've ever done it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Keep book. Yeah. 
Like, that's when you see all the old timers. If you go to like a MLB game or something, there'll be some old timers who have their radio on. Yeah. And they're listening to the radio or whatever, and they have their little notebook. Yeah. And there, I know, I talked to one, and he, like, every home game, he'll, like, do the every game of every year, every home game, and then he'll just th- put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. He had like 30 seasons of like every game, or, like, or a lot of the games. I'm sure he missed some in between. Right. But it's so sick looking at all that shit, though. That's cool. Like, just knowing that people sit there and they will take the time to just detail every single thing on every person that played that's pretty cool well yeah but that's also why baseball's dying because nobody wants to do that anymore yeah <laughs> that's interesting though it is but but also because we played it and we were into it for a yeah. long time i'm like i fuck i wish we had those kind of things like when i was playing well, that was kind of right before anything like that got big like yeah. someone would probably keep like a physical book of it and kind of go through it with us, but Sean can literally get on his phone after a game and look at how they all did as a team and how he did personally. Just pretty cool. We had a, a app called Huddle. Yeah. Oh yeah. In high school that did something similar to that. Yeah. Get your they highlights take, and stuff. Yeah, they take the books and that's submitted into that. The box scores are gonna yeah. That's where I see a huge benefit in like social media, because I mean that pretty much is. Yeah, but sharing it to either colleges or other schools and stuff like that. Yeah, communication. Yeah, yeah, communicating information. I think it's, I think it's just more of like a bump in the road. Essentially, I it's think like so we kind of just yep. turned off a little bit. It's like there's so many upsides to it, mm-hmm. but of course, people are going to find a way to make money off of it and just grab your attention. With every good, there's the bad. Yeah, I mean, every transition period, there's Always. a give and a take. Always, even know? TikTok too. Like, there's. Like, I was trying to tell Wyatt that one time. Like, there's people on there that have shit that is super interesting to me. It's super And I love watching yeah. their TikToks. Me too. Because it's actually really cool. And they put work into it. And I'm like, this is, <coughs> this my, is awesome. My TikTok, spyware. my TikTok is all like, uh, like, like, uh, big musicians, musicians and shit like that <laughs> that are like fucking just killing it. Yeah. Doing like fucking riffs on the instrument or like riffs singing. And then, like, traveling, and then, yes, of course, some attractive BBWs. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's about it, man. So, like, when I, so I don't normally watch TikTok hardly ever, but sometimes I'll use it to, like, I'll get a little high or something like that, and then I'll watch a couple hours of TikTok on a night that this is a night where I'm just relaxing. And it's just, like, obviously, it's a roller coaster of emotions going through a TikTok stream, you know, like, yeah. Some of it's inspirational. Some of it's like sad. Some of it's uh, Oops. really fucking dope. Some of it's yeah, sexually Oops. attractive, <laughs> you know, but butts, big wet butts. If you curate it right, you, I mean, TikTok could be a pretty great thing other than the fact that, yeah, it's Chinese got a work. lot of uh, security issues. That is not good. No, no. I listened to a podcast I was talking about. Uh, some research someone did on TikTok, and uh, it is not—it's not okay what TikTok is doing. Oh yeah, it could actually end up being like a the biggest security breach of all time. Yeah, long-term uh, weapon, actually. Oh, well, yeah, because people around you may even have to have numb. TikTok. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about just like making making the younger generation stupid. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because fucking in no, China, no, right. it's all about, like, engineering and all that. 
but in america there's a lot of big wet butts and people yeah. dancing yeah right soften generations to come i don't know i i i subscribe to the idea that it is just a bump in the road yep and the reason why it seems so big and scary and negative is because the greater the good the greater the bad i mean with everything that you get in life if it's if it's a great reward there's a lot of uh, a lot of gifts that you have to give away. There's a, there's there's a, a lot, lot of, of risk involved. Yep, in a lot it. of risk, a lot of hard that comes with it, a lot of bad that comes with it, you know. And so, it is a very great big benefit, but it's also got its very making big us negatives. all soft for a little while, at least until we kind of sort things out. Because it I is I'm a just brand saying, new thing. If World War Three started today, or the draft or something, yeah. there's a lot of kids. I would not cut it. No. A lot. Yeah, I don't know. The human body is very, and the human mind is resilient and well, adaptive. Nature, yeah. but adaptive, so I don't know. It would, it would take much. It'd be a harder people. It would be a harder transition than it would have been back then. Yeah. Like World War One, you're dealing with a lot of horse shit. Yeah. Just living as it is. It's hard to yeah, live right. anyways. And then yeah, you get shipped out to, yeah, then you get shipped out to, you know, like the trenches and shit and it's like well this also is dog shit but yeah right that's why like even as a big brother i'm trying to talk to sean more especially like joe's joe's kind of in between but he gets a little bit more but to sean i'm like don't be on your phone all the time go out learn how to kill a man i was like bare hands and like (laughs) even when i took him to the gym i was like i'm going to be the person that i never had growing up to you yeah, I was like, I'm going to teach you all these things that I learned hard, yeah. the hard way. Yeah. Like, it's not easy in whatever you do in life, but like going to the gym too, I'm just like, stick with it, please. Yeah. I was like, because by the time you're a senior, you will be bigger than I ever will be if you stick with it, right. if you listen to me. And when you get into your older 20s, if you would have stuck with it, you'd be miles ahead of most oh, of the people yeah. around you. Yep. When it comes to just general health, cognitive health. Yep. Absolutely, because yeah like even the past month or two where i've been doing a lot better going to the gym eating way better just the amount of energy that i have yeah right i feel so much better i can mm. think more clearly yep there's no fog in my fucking brain right. cognition is just on tap yep it's right there yep. and i want to go to the gym it makes me feel better mm-hmm. i go there and i'm like wow this is incredible it is literally night and day and i think that's why my screen time has dropped so much too because i'm never on it i go to the gym i and when I'm at work, I'm never on my phone oh. and that sort of thing. And then I get home, I make food, not on my phone then, go to the gym and do my thing. Come home, shower, pass out. Yeah. yeah. Like most of my screen time is on Xbox where I'm like talking to friends, playing with friends. It's not like just those little dopamine hits. Right. That is one thing I've come to realize about not being a gamer. There's that aspect of... uh socializing that i'm missing out on that you guys get more frequently than i do oh yeah i mean you guys who play video games uh, you know most nights you get two three hours i don't know how long you guys game each night but you know an hour at least you know bullshitting with your buddies participating in an activity together even though physically that activity is only your hands you know but cognitively and socially that activity is fulfilling yeah but so then you're working together on things. Yeah, too. right. Teamwork. Yeah, the social aspect. I mean, I, that's one part that I never really paid attention to, uh, you know, growing up. 
And now that I realize that, I'm like, yeah, it'd be kind of nice to be a gamer just for those two little aspects. Because, like, for me, like, I actually, to, like, get that social urge that I have, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I started the podcast, is make it a more regular thing to have conversations. Bullshit. Yeah. Give with people. Because I don't get that normally. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can get it at work a little bit, but uh, not, not, like that. not for a little while. Yeah. Not for the last year or two. Yeah. Kind of been running on my own. So a lot of the times I spend flying solo. And then the only times I socialize with people is either over the phone, you know, with family members or with my sister or when I hang out with you guys, I hang out with coworkers outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst part about my job, I think. You're alone. Completely solo. Well, yeah, it's just me always. Just yeah. me. Like every now and again, there'll be a couple guys who are along for the ride, and that's all right. But for the most part, it's just me sitting there. But again, there's also pluses to that. Right. There's benefits from both sides. It's just a balance that you have to find. You know, Kohler and I were kind of talking about that how, like, uh, when you're working on your own, you know, you're by yourself, and it makes like going out harder to do because you've been on your own for so long yeah so then when you actually get into like a social setting you're less extroverted than you'd normally be but if you're like working with a group of people you know out of those eight hours of the day extroversion becomes just normal so then you can actually be more extroverted i don't know if you guys experience the same thing i have changed very much in the past couple of years because of that because of that yeah but my thing is it's like my social battery sort of thing yeah and especially being with becca too because she's very introverted for the most part mm -hmm. i've come to like that a lot more so like even when i don't come out like when you guys invite me out or whatever it's not like oh i don't want to see them it's just like i just like being by myself sometimes yeah right i like having my own time Me like too. this trip is fucking awesome right i wouldn't change it for the world Fuck no but yeah there is times where i'm like i'm sitting at home and i'm like i just want to be here by do myself. my stuff yeah do, yeah do, do what like, i need to do i need to cook i need to go to the gym yep and like people are like well why the hell don't you, why don't you want to go hang out with your friends it's like well i gotta do things for me too right there are a lot of benefits that i found from so i'm naturally extroverted right yeah. But I found a lot of benefits from, you know, having an introverted routine. Yep. You know, that's like the sunset for me and cooking and working out. And I do all that on my own. Yep. I spend most of my week on my own, you know, and uh, there's a lot of benefits that come out of that. You become more in, in touch with yourself. You, you find out more about yourself, how you work, your needs, yeah. your wants and stuff like that. And Absolutely. You don't, you don't get that when you're distracting yourself with people. Yeah, is what not, a lot of a lot of really extroverted people are really doing. Yeah. It's just distracting themselves with social events and and, and other well, people. Shit. Like Nate knows, I didn't talk to anybody in high school or yeah. middle school for that matter. Like we were the only people that he really talked to. Yeah, and like you could ask anybody else, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's all right." Like you know, he doesn't say much. Mm -hmm. But then obviously, around y'all, I can say whatever. Like I can talk for hours. Yeah, but I don't know. I was very introverted in school. Which was nice and also, you know, lonely. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't really because a lot of the people I didn't even really want to. I didn't have the need to want to talk to them. Sure. So when did you become more? Are you, I mean, you're pretty extroverted at times, I guess, with us when you're comfortable. Well, yeah. But that's kind of like if you go back to the social battery thing, yeah. like since I work by myself constantly, it kind of just. 
I've never really drained. I don't drain the social battery as quick or I don't really use it until I must like, unless I'm around you guys. And that's when I use it as opposed to like around coworkers or something or around like customers or something like that. Sure. Yeah. And that's where mine's completely opposite. Like I'll come home and I don't want to talk to anybody for a while just cause I'm like, fuck. I, just, I had to put on this face for eight hours today. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even if I'm having a good day, like, it still is exhausting. Well, that's when you're actually draining that battery because yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're actually doing like beneficial, like uh extroversion, when you're actually like enjoying yourself, you shouldn't be really training your battery. No, it like this whole weekend energizing you. Those conversations should be energizing you and those social events should be energizing you if it's actually like something you enjoy doing. Yeah. So I don't know the, the social battery thing is, I don't know. For me, when I was talking to Kohler about it, it makes more sense for me to think of it this way. Like extroversion is something that is like a, a skill. It's like a practice, you know? So for me, like I, when I'm working on my own, I'm worse at being an extrovert because I'm not, you know, constantly doing that. Yeah. Uh, and for me, like genuine conversations are what charges my battery. Other than that, like most, most everything kind of drains my battery to be honest which is kind of sad yeah Um, but then when i'm like working with a large group of people throughout most of the day then i'm really practicing being an extrovert and then i really want to be more extroverted and go do more things so for me it's just like the more i'm with people the more that i want to be with people but then that's where you get an imbalance because then that's when you're distracting yourself away from the necessary side of being introverted for a while yeah because i mean you need both i think i think you need to be a little introverted and you need to be a little extroverted because if you're too extroverted then you're not paying attention to yourself your own needs your own wants and stuff like that at least for me that's how it's always been i think that's how it is for most people I think and so. they don't understand that and i think that's where social media also comes in sure they're way too extroverted they everything is public and they can't keep anything to themselves. They're yeah. constantly surrounded by other people's thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. that are influencing them. So then they get depressed because they don't know how they feel. Right. And they don't understand how to be alone with they're their so, own thoughts. They're so detached from themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, could be an avenue to look at for social media is causing mental health issues. Absolutely. Like, yeah. so, like my social media was when I went fishing like every day, like two years ago. Yeah, dude. Like I was, that was so good for you. I remember. I would just bring a six pack, yeah. a Bud Light, Bush Light wet, and then I would just sit there for fuck, hours. Like five hours. hours yeah. yeah, and then I would just sit there catching fish, listening to music, and the sun go down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then I'd get like one or two snaps, and I'm like, oh, he's just doing his thing. Yeah, dude, it's so good, ain't it? It's so good. Those. Well, I really needed it at that time, so yeah. I think it was a good thing. Absolutely, a lot of thinking gets done in those moments. Don't get me wrong. There's also the an improper balance on that side. Too. Well, yeah, because then the yeah. negatives will also leak into your. Yeah, because then you get you overthink and overthink. You think you have too much time to think, and then yeah. and then like that's where extroversion comes in. Because then when you get to that point where you're too far on the introverted side and you're overthinking things, uh, then if you go and do like a social gathering or something like that, you can rely on the people around you to kind of help you make those judgments. Or like I, you, well, I just taught it or overthought things. I taught myself just in those moments when it starts getting to the point where I'm overthinking it, I just un, like unplug that and I just go into autopilot where I'm just like, no, nah, I'm just sitting here, guy in the moment sort of thing, sure, almost like a third yourself out, almost like I'm a, not like 
a third person yeah. thing, but it's kind of just like, I'm not thinking about anything in particular. You I'm just kind of sitting. The observer position. Yeah, I'm just kind of yeah. sitting there. And then there's no deep thought process going on. I'm yeah. just sitting there looking to see if my fucking line starts to run from me. That is the beginning of meditation. Wow. Man, that's a beautiful thing. But no, but like, so uh, a good thing to do is if you get into that overthinking, that's when you, you know, talk to a friend or something like that. Cause then you can delegate those decisions making to, uh, to someone else from the outside perspective to like tell you whether or where you've gone too far or where your thinking's gone too far. And, and I mean, that's that balance between yeah. the two. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but like if I am alone too much to mm -hmm. when I'm in those social settings, I get way more anxious. Yeah. I don't know how to That's what I'm talking act about with, and, yeah. with the practice of extroversion. Yep. When you're alone too long, you're out of that practice until you become you know, less able to be social. Yeah. Right. And so then it's like anxiety provoking. Yep. And you it goes both ways. Yeah. Right. Same, same both ways because then when you get too uh, extroverted and then you can't sit and watch the sun go down for too long because you feel like you got to be with someone or like doing something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's wild. I think it's, it's both for most people. It's finding that balance between the two. Healthy balance. But don't get me wrong. There are people who are hermits who oh, want yeah. to, you know, have nothing to do with people's lives. I mean, Steen wanting My to go into plan. the forest. Yep, yep exactly. Five-year plan. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Those people do exist. And then there are people who like, who cannot be on their own and it is not good for them to be on their own yeah. ever, you know. It's true. But Just kind of like self-destruction sort of thing. If yeah, they right. Are. Yep. There's, but the large majority, I think, that's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, a healthy balance. Nate, do you still have those headphones on, bud? I do. How you feeling? Pretty good. It's actually kind of nice. I mean, my head kind of hurts, but got I think I just egg. need some water. You want <laughs> some water? Than... I'll take you. Yes, I got my jug, too. Heavy bitch. Let me stop here. Oh, I guess it's going to have to be pretty soon. Yep, pretty soon here, quick. Big, big water. Get you a jug of that. H2O that we can just pull off of our trail <laughs> and get whenever we want. But yeah, I mean, at least for me, in the past couple of years, my whole social sort of battery thing has changed drastically. Yeah. Well, it's a vast, like going from high school where you're always in that massive community of herd of people, yeah. especially in the high school we went to where there's like thousands of people there at once. Yep. You're spending. You're always around somebody. Most of your day. Every class has like yeah. 30 people minimum in it. Right. And then it's just, you're constantly around all these people so you really choose either to be introverted like me and not talk to many people or as nate was quite extroverted where he talked to a lot of people yeah and so then once you get out of that and you go to college or you don't go to college and then it's kind of like a very steep drop off where as opposed to you Drastic you didn't change you didn't have near as big of a high school as we did right but it's still the same thing i mean i'm still with a larger yeah. group of people than but constantly you around yeah you're constantly around a group of people and that's, you know, and then you, you go off on your own and then you're on your own for a while. So your, your balancing skills are not great. So, I mean, over the last couple of years, what has happened for me is I've just noticed that I've needed to balance these things and then worked on that and figured out 
what works and what doesn't work and what I think about it. And then I'm kind of trying to get my balancing skills to a point where I can just, you know, hold it with one finger and balance that shit on my fucking finger, you know, and be really good at it. Yeah. You know, that's what it's been for me at least. Well, I bet maybe that's kind of like, instead of trying to find that balancing act, maybe people use social media as a way to keep that community still instead of having to be. do the tough decision and tough sure. task of self uh, improvement. Yeah. Self analysis. And yeah. Then, yeah. Instead of doing that, you just changes, keep your, you still just changing. keep a large community still. Yeah. People are afraid to change. Yeah. Well, it's a scary thing. And it's scary. And it hurts a lot of the time. Yep. Because you never know what'll happen. Fucking, you can't resist it, man. If you well, don't yeah. change yourself, something will change you and it'll be a lot worse. It's crazy. Like when I started doing that. It's crazy math. how life does that. It's weird, man. Like if you're, if you're like resisting change, life will make you fucking change. I don't know how it does it, but it does. It'll make you fucking change and it'll hurt a lot more than if you were to make the decision on your own. Fucking life's a wild bitch. What? It's so much fucking fun, though. Oh, yeah. For for some, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not for everyone. Can't remember what the hypothesis is called or the theory sort of thing, but it's essentially a roller coaster. Mm. Oh, Newton's first law. (laughs) (laughs) But it pretty much goes like this on the diagram. You go up down up down but it slowly keeps getting better and better and better well fucking water always finds its level so are you talking about that symbol that parabola back and swerves back and forth the infinity symbol no <laughs> it's the one that you see a lot of girls get tattooed oh, the golden, I, I golden frequency it or whatever. it's called a, the golden something the semicolon no it's called a uh, golden it, it starts with the p parabola i mean it's pretty close I can never remember. I love the sequence. Yeah, I love that sequence. That shit's wild as fuck. No, I can't ever remember what it's called. I talked about it on a podcast with Kohler one time. That symbol, it's just a squiggly line that slowly gets less and less out. It's like a pendulum swing. Yeah. Until it gets to the middle point. That's symbol for balance and stuff like that. Life's kind of like a wave. Right. Mm-hmm. The way I was describing it, it's multiple waves. I have large waves, you know, that span my whole life, my whole lifespan. But then in those larger waves are the smaller waves of all the different aspects of my life that build up the larger waves. You know, like one of my larger waves is like that balancing act between introversion and extroversion. You know, I'm finally getting out and, you know, honed in. But then there's all the smaller waves of the day-to-day inside of all of that. It's all fractile. And then that can those waves go all the way out to fucking, literally all the way out to the cosmos. Yes, just like an interstellar. Just like an interstellar. Where Jamie died in the waves. Out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that fucking movie. It's so fucking nuts. It's I wish so there was more movies good. like it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing I've ever seen that comes close to that nope, movie. No, me either. It's literally my favorite movie. So good. It's fucking incredible. So, that movie is literally a scientific movie that at the ending, 
tells us that the the two fundamental like elements of the universe that got them through all of that was faith and love. That's literally the and reason. And gravity. Well, and gravity. <laughs> gravity was more like a tool. It wasn't the, the driving force behind, uh, you know, what saved humanity. What saved humanity was the faith that, that uh, his daughter had. What's her name? Murph. Yeah, Murph. <laughs> the faith that Murph had and the love that her dad had for her. It transcends time. Transcends and space. time and space. Love and faith saves humanity and gravity gravity like i said is the tool that was used i think you're kind of slandering gravity no right gravity was the tool that was used to to give the message it wasn't it wasn't the i mean you really should the fundamental elements huh you really should talk to gravity at the moment and i don't really appreciate it it's a useful thing <laughs> gravity is but it is not it is not the there's no gravity how's that book transcending fall? elements Huh? If there's no gravity, how does the book fall? If it's not useful, you know, yeah. without gravity, I don't know. Like but it's useful. It's a tool. It's a useful tool. But here's the thing. <laughs> Love and faith is a human thing. Yeah. No, it's an animal thing. It's everything. Well, it's, it's an animal thing, right? But it's tied to something that has a conscience for the most part or that is somewhat sentient. So how does that correlate to the universe i don't know i feel like the universe is sentient and conscious the whole thing all of it and we're just a byproduct of it first in it the ecosystem of life i reckon yeah kind of we're kind of like the fruits of it yeah yeah i mean i i well this is where we got when we were on the camping trip we got all the way down to where i believe you know atoms are conscience or conscious and intelligent and that's, you know, atoms are fucking everything, you know? So I don't know if you can get consciousness out of something that isn't conscious, right? Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That is a wild theory that I have, but I really think so. I mean, Alan Watts talks about how rocks have a conscious consciousness that's just super primitive. Right. They have an awareness that's super primitive. And it takes a long time for them to like, you know, weather away or build up, you know, sedimentary rock and stuff like that. They build up over time. They grow or they get weathered down. You know, that's just a primitive form of consciousness that we don't really realize as a consciousness because we don't know the first thing about consciousness to this day, really. Right. But I really think so. It's almost as if everything's alive, though. Yeah, right. You know, in, in, in ways that we don't understand. Yep. Yeah. Or but ways I, that we can't perceive it. But least. I really do think, I don't know why, but everything in my life has showed me that love and faith are, uh, and not like faith as in like the religious realm, but like faith as its original meaning uh, are like the couple of things that are fundamental for all of it to exist. Right. Um, I'm gonna make a bold statement. Hit me. God is real. Yeah, hundred mm -hmm. percent. Because we have created it. Everybody says that He is the Creator. Well, even even if you don't believe in that, because of how much love and faith we have for Him, or some people, He is a real being at this point. 
in the minds of billions of people. Right. And their collective conscious creates them. Yep. Uh, so, and it's just based on how you perceive things, whereas someone else could say, no, this is just a byproduct of the universe. They could say, no, this is because of what I believe in. That sort of thing. It's all, it's all perspective. Yeah. It takes it all the way to, you know, God being psychological, yeah. which, which I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about it in that way, talks about God in, in that way, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, I actually think that's like going to be the new religion is psychology. Just because it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if, if you want to, you know, like master your mind, uh, I don't know for you guys, but like for me, like I, when I have conversations or thoughts in my head, you know, I have different parts of me, right. That kind of conversate or I have like a different view on a certain situation. And then I can also come up with another view or different perspective on that same situation. And then I can kind of like discuss between the two and come up with the, the right view on that situation. Right. Yeah. I don't know. They call that the mind is fragmented. Right. And so if you can like figure out out of all those fragmented parts of your mind, which one of them is actually like the decision maker, the one that you should listen to the king of your mind, the king of your, you know, a lot of times people like talk about their mind as a house or like a castle or a, a temple or sanctuary, but the ruler of that, you know, that higher perspective, if you can find that and listen to that, I mean, that's what Socrates did. He called it his, uh, Damon, right? If you can find that, that's essentially your God. I mean, a lot of people talk about it as their conscience. You know, my conscience is bugging me. Yeah, Just he, like fucking what's the decision maker, essentially. Yeah, right. What's his name from that show? Mike Lowry? No, from the <laughs> from the hillbilly Jersey Shore. When he was on the phone with his oh. mom, told him told her that his conscience was bothering him. Gus. Oh, yeah, Gus. Gus. His consciousness, his conscience was bothering him. That's that. The that, voice in the back of your head right, is that, constantly That could there. be God, you know, that psychologically speaking, that could be what we, we see as God. We don't really know where thoughts come from and that, that like guilt that you feel or that uneasiness that you feel when you, uh, have to make a decision and you feel like you're making the wrong decision or something like that. We don't know where that feeling comes from. I mean, that comes from generations and generations of genetics and, and lifestyle passed down you know, from generation to generation, that consciousness, that wrong and right, that sense of morality, that's that feeling that literally spans across all of time because that goes all the way back to when humans were first becoming conscious, right? Get passed down and passed down and passed down morality. You know what I'm saying? And is, kind of. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So then... Here's another way to think about it. Um, do you think that ties into your free will at all? Do you have free will or is there that voice constantly telling you this is what you're supposed to be doing based on what was already planned? So there's a big, there's a big debate. Big if we have any Are you saying there's will. a plan in place that just go like, yeah, like we're like, we're in a movie right now and everything that we do has already been predetermined we're yeah, just reading of, the script yeah because of you know our judgment of good and right that's been handed down to us from generation to generation to generation it gets tweaked throughout that whole thing but um i don't know i believe that we are 
as much creator as we are created yeah. personally. So I think, uh, I think we have the ability to make decisions, uh, that I don't know if it's overrides that consciousness is not probably the correct terminology. There's a lot of times where you know, you're doing something wrong yeah. and you still do it anyways. Yeah. Usually, like that's, that inner usually voice, that's not good. Well, yeah, you do that, right? but still you're not always following that right script or whatever mm -hmm. i guess so so i i believe in like paradoxes so like if the paradox there is you really can't subscribe to one idea and also the other at the same time if you think that like uh your ideas and the, your ability to make decisions is handed down to you from generation to generation is kind of just like instilled in you or however you want to say it or view it i should have probably gotten gas there i think we'll be fine but then you can't really can't really say that like you can make your own decisions because how do you know that's really you making that decision because that could have actually been something that you were taught and that was taught to your father from his father you know that's influencing you to make that decision yeah, genetically encoded inside you but i do think we as individuals have the ability to transcend um, ideas and thoughts through honest discourse like this, you know, having genuine conversations, you can, you can have other people who have had different influences throughout their lives and their family history and their, you know, lineage that then modifies and transcends, you know, your lineage thoughts and ideas of good and wrong. And, uh, and so then we also have that ability to, create our own world because of that but but then you can also argue that and be like well then there was a plan that put that person and you in that same situation having that discussion you know so then it could all also go back to there being one grand plan that we can't really get away from you know so i mean it's i like to think that that we are you know we have free will and we have uh, the ability to be part creator as much as we are created because then that i don't know it seems like a benefit for me because then i try to do good right I try to create a better life for myself and others around me because yeah when you when you say you have no free will at that point mm -hmm. it's essentially well what is the point then if, and what's if the everything's going to happen the way it's going to happen i have no real control right. but it seems like when you subscribe to that idea things just go wrong yeah. Because then you stop trying and then that's when bad things happen. It seems like to me, at least, I mean, things can go so easily wrong. So very quickly. Oh yeah. And then you can say to yourself, well, this was already predetermined. I was yeah. destined to be a failure. This, and then you're not changing yeah. and you're not making any fixes to make it better. No, I, I agree more with the free will part. It was just, yeah. I had heard that brought up before. So I was curious. Right. Yeah. Um, that's why I've never really been a, a subscriber to that. Right, but yeah. that's the thing, though, like the the debate between those two, you to transcend that, you have to believe in the possibility of paradoxes. And I actually think that paradoxes is, we live, we're paradoxes. I mean, everything is a paradox. We should not exist, but we exist. So why wouldn't it be a paradox that we have free will, but we also have a plan? You know, why can't you believe in that when we're not supposed to be here, but we are? We're you literally also, fucking a paradox. It it could be both in a way though, because it is both. yeah, yeah, I because 
at the end of the day, like let's say there was a grand creator, they had a plan Alaska. for us. Yeah, they, listen. Oh, my volume's down. My, oh. Welcome to Nebraska. Thanks, Taco. We've made it to Nebraska. Okay, continue. Um, because in that way, like if there's someone that created us mm-hmm. and they have a grand plan for us to, like let's say they wanted us to become as advanced as them or something yeah, and create our own things. I mean, even if you look at like the simulation theory, mm-hmm. we're almost there. But they could still give the people the ability to choose what they want to choose but there's still a grand plan overall where certain things will still line up and they're still going to, like you said, transcend and they'll nah. be more and more intelligent and capable of certain things as time goes on. I mean, if you even look at the whole lineage of human history, that's basically what's happened. I actually really like how Interstellar does this and explains this because really what Interstellar shows is that the person who is giving that grand plan is actually you. Yeah. Like, yep. like it was actually Matthew McConaughey at the end of it, you know, but him, what he was in that moment, he was transcended. He was in multiple dimensions, you know, and influencing other dimensions. And it was actually him the entire time. Yep. I actually think that may be the case. Uh, I mean, this is what Alan Watts always talked about, you know, how you are the universe, you are the the uh, thing right yeah we're we could all, easily we're all that yeah we know? could easily when we die just ascend to a higher dimension where we're kind of looking over us right or you join the you know i'd like to call it like the oneness of everything i mean that's that's really what we all are is that one singularity right and so we just are our frac fractions of that we're fractile off of that as of right now and then you know, at some point you rejoin that singularity and then you are that thing that makes that plan, you know, but everyone is that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And Alan Watts talks about this a lot. And I know that you love Alan Watts. I do love Alan Watts. Yes. And so, I mean, from the, from the experiences I had, that seems to give me the most benefit in my life. Yeah. You know, I don't and know that's what it's all right about. or wrong. Right. That's what I think too. I, I mean, I don't know whether that's right or wrong, <laughs> but I know that it's has been good for my life. And I think the best way to make good happen in the world is on an individual level. So if you can figure out a way to make good happen for you, then you're doing your job. And that's what I learned from Jordan Peterson. Then you are doing your job for the world. Absolutely. Yeah, because then like what we were talking about, how life is waves and those waves go all the way out to the cosmos. Literally your little wave, if you can figure out how to make that a beneficial wave, that wave will go out to the people around you and the people around them. And then it snowballs from there Yeah, all the way out. And I really believe that. That's why I think it would be really interesting in the next even 50, 60 years, seeing where we go mentally and like cognitively. Because I think with the rise of technology, we need to go somewhere quick. Yeah. You know, especially morally. I mean, things are evolving around us faster than we can. So we got to do some fucking transcending, brother. <laughs> you know? Talking yeah. about fucking robots? I mean, if that's what it comes <laughs> down to. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know. It is. We're, we do live in 
probably one of the most interesting times. It's so to weird. To be alive. It is so weird. Yeah. Very rapid changes happening all the fucking time. Yep. Quicker than ever before. Let's see if we can maintain and keep up. I have I have faith that we will. I think so as well. Yep. And that's why yes, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Yeah, but if easy. we're but if we're able to maintain Well if we're able to see the benefit, see the good, focus on that and strive towards that as individuals. It's gonna be an exponential growth yep. within the next century or that so. Is what I see is the correct be... route through this transition period that we're in. Yeah. That's kind of where Steen and I are getting to with podcasts on the way out here. Yeah. Seems to be the only route through. Alrighty, fellas, we are now taking action 107 into Big uh, 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 Springs, yeah, yeah. Nebraska. Gonna stop here and get some fuel, some petrol. Refuel. Maybe refuel our body. What a lazy fucking name, huh? Big, Big Spring. Springs. Big Springs. You think if, they mean water? Or yeah. Just, yeah. Or like coil over yeah. springs? Hey, man, we got big springs, you De- know? Depending on uh, when <laughs> big paper, man. Big paper. Depending on when the town was established, I would imagine it was uh, water. But maybe, maybe it was big springs as a mechanical device. The simple, simple machine. <laughs> Do we want Sinclair or do we want Fly? I like dinosaurs. Massage. Like we have 339 for gas. 339 at both ways. Oh. They have higher diesel over at Flying, though. We're going to Flying. Yeah, subway. They have, yeah, better and options on the inside. That would be good. 444. Watch out there, Volvo. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we will take a quick pause and we'll be right back to your regularly paid program. But how that said. What is it the record button? Yeah, you just did it again. <laughs>